At this year's American Academy of Neurology Conference, Dr. Richard Lipton and colleagues presented research seeking to characterize the effect of of migraine severity on quality of life, severity being measured as the patient's quotient of headache days per month. I'm Joe Elia of the NEJM Group, and I'm joined in interviewing Richard Lipton by Dr. Teshime Monteith of the University of Miami, where she serves as an associate professor of clinical neurology and leads their headache division. Dr. Lipton is the Edwin S. Lowe Professor and Vice Chair of Neurology and Director of the Montefiore Headache Center at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine, where he also holds professorships in epidemiology and population health and in psychiatry and behavioral sciences. Welcome back, Dr. Lipton. Last year, we talked about Zvejapan, and now it's monthly headache day. So it's good to see you again. Happy to be here. And congratulations on the platform. I reviewed all of the abstracts, and there was a lot of competition. So yours was obviously voted very highly. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about the latest analysis of the Cameo study? Sure. So Cameo was a large population study that was originally conducted about nine years ago. There's actually now a follow-up Cameo study, which includes samples from the U.S. and elsewhere, but this is from the older Cameo study. So there's been a lot of interest in quality of life in migraine, and the most widely used quality of life measure is one called the Migraine-Specific Quality of Life Questionnaire. That questionnaire is actually included in the FDA labels for two migraine preventive drugs based on evidence that treatment improves quality of life. And we all know that as monthly headache days goes up, quality of life goes down. And what the clinical trials have shown us also is that quality of life improves in people with migraine as there's a reduction in monthly headache days. So we actually wanted to ask the question, is the effect of monthly headache days on quality of life a direct effect, or is that effect mediated through other variables that we know are associated with monthly headache day frequency that are also associated with quality of life scores? And in this presentation, we looked at three potential mediators of the relationship between monthly headache days and migraine-specific quality of life. And essentially, the idea is this. For a direct effect, reduction in monthly headache days directly improves quality of life. In a mediation context, the hypothesis is that the influence of monthly headache days on quality of life is mediated through allodynia or depression or anxiety. So as monthly headache days goes down, allodynia goes down, depression goes down, anxiety goes down, and quality of life may go up as a consequence. And so what we attempted to do was partition the influence of monthly headache days on quality of life into a direct effect and then the mediated effect. And what we found more or less is looking at the three major quality of life domains between 57 and 70% of the effect of monthly headache days on quality of life is a direct effect. About 
10 to 20%, depending on the quality of life domain, is mediated through improvements in allodynia, somewhere between 15 and 24% of the effect travels through depression. And the smallest contributing mediator is anxiety. And that accounts for between two and 6% of the effect. You obviously compared frequencies. Was there any um, major observations in terms of frequency bracket? Well, so, well, so the, yeah, so the observation is that broadly as headache frequency goes up, quality of life goes down, and we examine monthly headache day categories where the highest category was 15 or more monthly headache days, and most of the people in that category would have chronic migraine, and quality of life was the very worst in that group. And then as we looked at lower and lower categories, 8 to 14, 4 to 7, and 0 to 3 monthly headache day categories, quality of life went up as monthly headache days goes, went down. So the effect, the effect of monthly headache days on quality of life was largest in the group with the most frequent headache. And that is really not a surprise. And we also showed that moving across monthly headache day categories, quality of life went down fairly dramatically. And in terms of uh, research, you know, this big debate in the field about this chronic migraine, you mentioned 15 headache days or more chronic migraine if it's occurring for at least three months, eight migraine days. But how does your research support or reflect the idea of, of chronic migraine being that definition. Right. So, so one of the challenges in the field is we define chronic migraine as a patient who has migraine, who has at least 15 headache days a month, at least eight of which are linked to migraine, either by virtue of meeting ICHD3 criteria for migraine or by virtue of responding to migraine-specific medications. We've shown in other studies when we track monthly headache day frequency in the population over time that there's a pretty high level of variation in monthly headache day frequency within person from month to month. And even though the international classification wrote down this 15 monthly headache day rule, the reality is one month people may have 20 headache days. The next month they have may have 14. And so the discussion has been around what's the optimal monthly headache day category for defining chronic migraine. There have now been three papers that look at how quality of life and disability vary with monthly headache day frequency. And more or less the summary is that when you compare people who have eight to 14 monthly headache days with those who have 15 to 23 monthly headache days, those groups have a lot of disability and relatively poor quality of life. When you get to the more extreme groups, there are differences. So these papers have argued that maybe the optimal cut score for chronic migraine should be 8 to 14 rather than 15. Personally, because monthly headache days varies within person from month to month. Although I think there is a group of people who have really bad migraine with lots of disability, high treatment need, 
lots of comorbidities. I don't think it's well defined by a monthly headache day frequency at all because that in itself is not a stable within person characteristic. It varies too much. And we don't want to say, well, this month you have chronic migraine, next month you have episodic migraine, the month after that, you're back to chronic migraine. So I think we have a lot of thinking to do about how we operationally define chronic migraine going forward. Now, these were, this was a large group. They had something like 13,000 patients. Is that right? That is and, right, yeah. And, and, and they filled out questionnaires that, that came. Uh, how were the questionnaires administered? Were they sent out to them? Or? Yeah, so Cameo was a web survey. And okay. so we did this. The, the, the design of the Cameo study was a panel study. So panel, the panels consisted of groups of people in blocks of 5,000 who demographically represented the U.S. population. So they were matched to the U.S. population in terms of age and gender and education and region of the country. So each block of 5,000 people gave us a demographically representative sample. People were sent web surveys. They completed the web surveys, and we used a validated questionnaire to determine who had migraine. And then we took the people who met criteria for migraine and asked them a series of additional questions and actually also followed them over time every three months for a year. And part of the evidence that headache frequency varies from month to month block comes from the Cameo study. So our publication on that was another Cameo publication. And okay. what's the next step for research? Well, so I think, well, so there, so there are a number of next steps in terms of quality of life. You know, the one issue is when we treat our patients with migraine, what, what is the most important symptom, the target? And the way we define primary endpoints for prevention trials currently is we target a change in monthly headache days relative to baseline contrasting a group that gets active treatment with a group that gets placebo. And that is a great regulatory endpoint. But, you know, when you look at change in monthly headache days, you're always looking at a population average and you're averaging together people who respond really well to treatment with people who don't respond so well. So some people have said, you know, rather than looking at monthly headache days, we should look at 50% responder rates. And I find that easier to explain to patients and more clinically relevant. Still other people say, well, really our goal shouldn't be to change monthly headache days. It should be to reduce disability or improve quality of life in patients with migraine. And so the way this work achieves clinical relevance is that it tells us if we want to improve quality of life, clearly one thing we can do is reduce monthly headache days. And part of the benefit on quality of life will be a direct effect. Part of the effect will be mediated through allodynia, depression, and anxiety. But the work also suggests if we want to optimize quality of life for our patients, then in addition to endeavoring to reduce monthly headache days, maybe we should endeavor to reduce allodynia, for example, by treating early in the attack with acute treatments before allodynia develops. 
maybe we should attempt to improve depression and anxiety, either with pharmacologic or behavioral interventions, all with the goal of improving the quality of life of our patients, not just the number of migraine and headache days they have per month. And, and speaking of clinical relevance, uh, Dr. Lipton, so how can these results help a clinician counsel a patient uh, or the patient's family about managing the condition? Well, so, you know, so in my practice, we have a packet of questionnaires that we use to follow people, and we actually measure disability with a five-item five questionnaire called the MIDAS questionnaire. We use the MSQ role function restrictive score, which is a seven-item quality of life questionnaire, and that's the one that's included both in the Atojapant and Galcanuzumab labels. And I say to patients, you know, what's really important to you? What do you care about? And it's the unusual patient who says, well, the only thing I really care about is my headache day count, and I don't care about my quality of life, and I don't care about my ability to function. Usually patients care deeply about quality of life and ability to function. And so this work highlights the importance of quality of life as an outcome and also suggests strategies other than reducing monthly headache days to improve quality of life and reduce disability for our patients. I want to thank you very much, Dr. Lipton, for, for your time with us today. And um, uh, we wish you luck. Maybe, maybe we'll see you again next year. Good to see both of you. And thanks for the opportunity to talk about this work. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for an in- yeah, thanks for an and- interesting interview, Dr. Lipton. My pleasure. Be well, both.